We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Big thanks to everyone who checked out our April slate. I thought it was a quality April. We did Everybody Wants Some. That's a Hall of Fame movie. Happy Gilmore. That's a Hall of Fame movie. McFarland USA is a, is a pretty quality movie. Like, I, I enjoyed it as a first-time watcher. And I hope uh, our episode talking about the Tom Amansky commercials uh, landed for those of you who watched a lot of SportsCenter in the 90s and, and watched a lot of baseball infomercials. Uh, if this is your first episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe. Get this wherever you get your podcast. Uh, new episodes come out every Monday. The occasional bonus episode on Thursday if I have nothing better to do. Uh, and if you're enjoying the pod, rate, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those are, you know, the fucking best. You folks know the drill. And if you finish this episode and decide, holy shit, I want to hear some more of this podcast, we've got over 100 episodes talking about your favorite and least favorite sports movies. They're all almost completely evergreen. Check those out. Now, one of the past episodes on this podcast, way, way back in the day, like episode four or five, I think, back when this podcast had a different name, uh, back when I didn't take very good notes or know anything about editing whatsoever, uh, one of the first things we covered was Friday Night Lights. It was something that I I was so unhappy with my own performance in retrospect uh, that covered it again recently. But uh, the guest I had on was, was a stud. He's a guy I love talking to. Uh, joining me today to kind of try something new on this podcast is, is a guy that I've known for a long time. We used to freelance it back in the day with postgrad problems. He's now the co-host of Internet Party, a wash media podcast. It's John Duda. John, thanks so Kyle. much for returning to Big Screen Sports. Thank you uh, for having me again. That was a hell of an intro. It's easier than doing it in post, man. I'm, to, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear uh, you didn't like our our Friday Night Lights review. Well, see, John, you were great, and I thought, like, you know, for for an early episode, it wasn't bad, but, like, I go back and listen to my first 15 episodes of this podcast, and I just sound like I'm just stiff as a board, and I'm very scatterbrained. It was back before I took good notes, and, Mm. um, you know, I I felt like I, you know, wanted to take, I had had a guest uh, reach out 
and talk ask about covering that movie and I was like you know what I love Friday Night Lights let's let's talk about it again but you you were excellent on the episode I'm thrilled to have you back on again before we get into today a new, very new format for this episode tell yeah. the folks about Internet Party uh, your Substack promo everything uh yeah so the I mean Internet Party we've been doing that for uh, three years now almost damn that's a long time um yeah me yeah me and my me and my friend Brad have been been doing that for three years. Um, got picked up by Wash Media just uh, you know to operate under their umbrella. So that's that's been fun to just collab with them uh, a little bit over the past few weeks. And uh, yeah, I started doing a stub stack just like once a week, mostly. Sometimes I'll do like two a week. But one of my New Year's resolutions was to just pick up writing again. So that's just been a, you know, a side project that I have, um, a lot of fun with and I, I definitely missed writing, but I'm still, I'm very rusty from having taken two years off. Yeah. I mean, ever since the, the content rug kind of got pulled out from under us, uh, back in the, in the PGP days, I ask, I, I get asked often like, so why'd you start this podcast or where'd big screen sports come from? And it's like, well, I was doing this one thing, you know, two or three times a week writing for this site. And then uh, that site cratered. So I needed something else to do. Yeah, it's a nice little creative outlet. And also just like get out and do something other than your actual job. That That's the big thing is like, that's 100% it. Like something that's not my job, uh, which is why we have big screen sports. But something else that, that you and I both do is we are one of the you are one of the few other people I know who use an app called Letterboxd. Yeah. I I am a recent Letterboxd convert, I guess a couple months ago, maybe like 6 months ago. Um and for those of you who don't know, Letterboxd is this is kind of hard it's like a social media app for people who like movies in the sense of it is a good way to categorize and catalog the movies that that you watch you you rate them you can review them john does a lot of reviews on his you actually write reviews i'm very impressed but that is kyle that is the point of letterboxd is to write reviews you got to start doing that buddy see i i think about it but i'm like it's just easier to like i'm gonna give it i'm gonna let the stars speak for themselves i'm gonna do my rating i'm gonna keep track of what i watched and then every now and then like i think i i've i think i have like a couple reviews like you your your list is extensive you have like eight pages of reviews i will say the the app as a whole is extremely pretentious there's a lot of like fake cinephiles and um you know wannabe movie critics on the app i was gonna Um, ask you is this the lamest social media app out there it's so lame it's it's beyond lame Um, i hate how much i love it but I've always loved movies. Like watching movies has always been a, a passion of mine. I know that sounds stupid, but uh, this is this is the app for me. Like they designed this for me. Um, and if you don't try too hard at it, it can be a lot of fun. Um, and I I try to have fun with my reviews. Yeah, I enjoy your reviews. I actually, I picked out two of the ones I really liked. Um, your review of the Revenant, which I, which I just I, I picked at two ones that just I I just fully agree with. 
Uh, Your review of The Revenant is beautifully shot movie, but in the end, I found everything else about it to be extremely okay. The Academy absolutely threw Leo a pity Oscar for this one, which, like, it's a shame that he didn't win for Django or something else, so he didn't have to do The Revenant. They should have gave it to him for Titanic. (laughs) Or, like, Wolf of Wall Street. What was he, 18 for Titanic? He he was right around that, maybe 20. yeah, I this was I, and people everyone says that like that's not an original thought for me to say that they gave him a like a lifetime achievement award or a pity Oscar like that everyone thinks that about that movie. Um it's just very slow. It's not a movie I'm ever going to I don't I don't think I'll ever rewatch The Revenant. I no I I totally agree, but it's also um Who's the the director? He did it. Uh, he did yeah, Birdman, which I, I like yeah. Birdman a lot. Birdman was great. Um, a lot of those like sort of long uh, tracking shots. It kind of reminded me of um, like Tree of Life. Yeah, you know what the, I'm talking Brad, about. Yeah, the Brad Pitt. That's that's a lot uh, of Terrence Malick. Yeah, but it's just like a lot of shots of um, you know nature and uh, very artistically done. It's, um, I can see where, like, it's, the movie was so Oscar baited. You see, I just did, I just did the, the pretentious letterbox thing. I don't even know. This is the stuff you run into on letterbox. I don't even know why I said tracking shot, because a tracking (laughs) shot is like what you see in Goodfellas when they're walking in the restaurant. The Copacabana scene, yeah. Yes, that scene. That's a tracking shot. What I'm talking about is a pan, uh, where the camera, like, goes over uh, it covers like the expanse of the sky that leo is looking up at in the reverend revenant yeah it's the thing about letterbox though and the reason why i use i like one i i catalog all the movies i've watched on this podcast there's a list on there folks big screen sports you can go check it out every movie on this podcast i've i've given a star rating i've rated i've reviewed very few of them but i also like my, I don't follow many people on Letterbox because one, I don't know many people who use it, and two, like I'm trying to, I basically follow a couple people whose opinions that I really respect, and it's very good. I, for me, I found it's a better way of having an idea if I like something than like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So the other review of yours that I'm a big fan of is um, is it's one. It's kind of it's short, sweet. It's it perfectly describes the movie. It's your Once Upon a Time in Hollywood review, where you just have the best quote from the movie. Another Leo movie. Uh, eight goddamn whiskey sours. You couldn't stop at three or four. You drunk bastard. <laughs> and then you you finish with this one. It gets better every time you watch it. I'll never tire of it. I I couldn't agree more. It's a perfect movie. Yep. Um. I probably watched that over five times this summer. It's, it's it gets better really, every really time. Good. It really does get better every time you watch it. Anyone that says that movie is slow is a fool. If they would have given Leo an Oscar earlier, we wouldn't have had to deal with like we we could have gotten more movies like this. He wouldn't have had to do a movie like The Revenant. Like think about what the time he spent doing The Revenant. Like think about what that could have been. Was he doing that for several years? I think it was a long shoot, but you just think about like time commitment in general. Like he signed on to do the movie, did the you know did the shoot. I, I think it was a very difficult shoot. From like I, I think I from 
what I remember reading about it. Like it's very, the director is very demanding, but like think of that energy that, that he has in once upon a time in Hollywood or Wolf of wall street was used on a project similar to those instead of like, ah, I got to do the revenant. Cause I need to pick up this Oscar before it starts becoming a thing. Yeah. Wolf of wall street is kind of soured for me. Like I used, when that movie came out uh, towards the tail end of college for me, I was, I couldn't get enough of it. And I think I just, I wore it out and I was, I was also just aspiring to be like some version of that. And of course that never, that never happened. Yeah. I think every, every guy of that age is like, you, you idolize Jordan Belfort. You don't like realize how much of a piece of shit he is. Like you think he's like a funny piece of shit. And then you're like, Oh no, he's just, you get older and you're like, no, this is a guy I actually don't want to be whatsoever. Yeah. He's um, just a drug never addict. Be that guy. Yeah. Straight up, straight up. Um, but I, I was hoping you would roast some of my my reviews here. Like, not not all of these you could have agreed with, surely. Well, so so here's what I guess we should get to the actual premise of the episode. So what what I reached out to John about was like, you know, we we both use Letterbox. He's one of the only people I know personally who uses Letterbox. Like, it's like him. My wife, I'm not gonna not gonna roast my wife's reviews on a podcast. That would <laughs> that'd be a tough look. Um, but I wanted to take basically our ratings or how we thought of movies and, and kind of like question each other a little bit, have a healthy debate. We both rated a lot of movies on red on uh, on Letterbox. Like I don't, I didn't want to roast a lot of your reviews and the writing you did because you oh please like, because do. you actually well because you actually. <laughs> you actually like did the writing like I have I don't have much for you to go off like I just have ratings you're using letterbox properly I will say you also have I think the funny <laughs> the funniest review you have is your review for let them all talk which I have not seen that's the isn't that the Soderbergh one with Meryl Streep and yes it's it's okay I see I haven't seen it but your your review is Lucas Hedges retire bitch which made I just, me laugh I don't like Lucas Hedges really he Every single movie he's in gets like critically acclaimed and nominated for an Oscar. It's insane. Like See, do a flop. The do stuff one you bad reviewed, movie for me. The stuff you reviewed, most of the stuff you review, I actually like agree with. Like, so one of your, I guess, hotter takes in in thinking about how a movie is thought of is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which you gave one star in the first line yeah. of your review is, holy shit, this is the most boring movie ever made. I wish I was the type of person, kind of, to be like, wow, you didn't appreciate Tinker Tailor Soldier, Soldier Spy? Like, what is wrong with you? You're so wrong. But like, no, I, I was the same way. I was I was pretty bored with it, honestly. That movie, I've, I've tweeted about it so much, too, and... It's crazy how many times I had to watch it to actually get through it. I, I fall asleep every single time. The only thing that you've re- you've actually written a review of that you didn't like that I, I consider like three stars, like the bell curve of something I enjoy. Like I would, I might might rewatch again, or I at least enjoyed it. Anything lower, I'm like, this is a movie I don't want to see again, or this mm. movie, you know, this movie stinks. So you gave two stars to Tenet. I gave four stars to Tenet, oh, but I can also totally see why someone would give two stars to Tenet. Because like, I'll, I'll be the first one. I don't understand Tenet at all. I just, I, I kind of came, I, I, I came to an understanding with myself. I think like, you know, like five, 10 minutes in, it was like, okay, I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to kind of enjoy it. And, uh, and, and that's, that's how, that's how I went into that. 
that movie was such a drag for me. I think Nolan purposely did all of that stuff to just piss people off. And I'm going to continue going to see Christopher Nolan movies as like as soon as humanly possible because I love him. But um, this one was just off the rails. I also saw it in one of those theaters where the the seats will move. They're like motion activated, so like during an action scene, they'll they'll jerk you back and forth, or like you'll kind of get punched in the the back of the recliner when there's a somebody gets punched. You know. Yeah, yeah. They've got like water coming out of the seats and shit. Um, I I was like violently hung over uh, when I went to see Tenant, and that was just not what I needed. So that yeah, probably see, that played a miserable. role in my review. Yeah. See, I saw it. It I saw it when it when it went on VOD. I saw it at my house, and I was able to see it with closed captions, which I think is huge because one of the big complaints I heard about from people who yes. saw it in theaters was that it's very, like, you can't understand anything. And, like, I think about, um, like, Inception and Interstellar and Dunkirk are three of my favorite movie theater experiences ever, those Nolan movies. But I also, I, I, I feel like Tenet, because of the closed caption aspect and how confusing it already was, I think I actually, I would like to see it in a theater now, but I'm glad the first time I saw it I had closed captions on. Yep. Um, and to your point about the, like, three-star below threshold, um, I think I need to be a little more critical of, of movies that I'm watching because I'll like, I feel like my default right now is four stars. I mean, if you feel like you need to be more critical then I, I need to be way more critical because I, I'm very liberal with the stars. Well, the, out. the other thing is like, I, I have a couple friends on here who are big, um, on the app who are big into movies like foreign movies and, just shit that I've never heard of. So I will take Rex from them. And when I do that, I'm going into the movie, you know, pretty much expecting it to be okay. At least okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that makes sense. Um, it's just, it's hard. If you even got some bit of enjoyment in, in something, it's hard to like pan the shit out of it. You know? Uh, huh. I, I also hate when people, um, refer to movies as films i know that's um i do that in the uh, tweets of this podcast all the time but not in real life speak like i can't that that's what i mean i can't um seriously talk to somebody about a movie and call it a film it just it's too much yeah it's a movie when you're talking to someone it's a film when you're writing about it only if you went to film school (laughs) Well, so what we're going to do, um, we're, I think with this, with this format of this episode, we're just going to ask questions. We're going we're gonna to mainly, mainly the question of why. Just taking exceptions with some other's ratings, with each other's ratings, or maybe okay. a review if you, if you picked out something. Before we do that, um, you, I went to look. You, don't, you have not rated a sports movie on Letterboxd, so I'm, I'm going to hmm. put you on the spot. We covered Friday Night Lights. What are you giving Friday Night Lights? I would give that uh, four stars. It's very good. I, I gave it four and a half. It's it's. I think it's probably that is, my favorite that is, football movie, especially after rewatching it. Yeah, I would say that's right up there as, with one of my favorite sports movies ever. And I told you this on our our first pod together. Um, 
I think that movie is better than the show. See, I, I can't chime in because I the show Friday Night Lights is a big pop culture black hole for me. I've never started it. It's like this daunting thing that's hanging over my shoulder. It kind of taps me on the shoulder every now and then. It's like, hey, you haven't watched me yet. It's People just, talk about me all the time. The movie is so much grittier than the show. There's no Booby Miles in the show. There, like... There's no Mike Winchell in the show. There's there's no um, Billingsley even. It like the characters I get are loosely based in the television show off the ones that H. G. Bissinger wrote about. But um, for me, the the movie just rung a lot more true, and that also might be because I have a bias that was like growing up in high school. Like I read that book and just I was head over heels in love with it. And then the movie came out and I was like, yes, this is incredible. But, um, they did take a few exceptions with the movie that I didn't love. Namely taking them all the way to the state championship. Yeah. It's, um, the, the, I, I kind of, at first I didn't like that aspect. And then I came to the rationale of if they made the last game, the state semifinal or whenever they, I think it was either the state semifinal, the state regional final, whatever they lost. If they made that the big game, you would know they lose in the end versus if you didn't read the book, you're not exactly a hundred percent sure they're going to lose in, um, you know, in that, in that final game, but no, it's, it's very good. John, let's take a quick ad break and then, uh, let's spar on some letterbox ratings. Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we're back. Um, Want to get into? Um, I, I guess how we how we kind of kick this around. This this might be this might be a little rough off the edge. This is a format I've never done on this show. Is um, I just suggested to John that that he take a few ratings of mine, ratings or reviews of mine that he takes exception with or has some questions about, and I do the same for for him. And uh, and we you know we we just ask each other why? What's the deal? Um, John, you were the guest. I will give you the option. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, you know what? You've been you've been peppering me with some questions. So I'll I'll give you one. Okay. Um and you know, again, I have to say before we begin, if you like to truly use this app, you gotta start reviewing. I know. I, I will I will make a I will make a promise to you that I will start writing more reviews on Letterboxd. Okay. Thank you. I, I even would if they're just it. a couple sentences. That's that's all you need, man. I I think um, I know I would appreciate it. Deal, deal. I will I will 
whatever I watch next, which uh, I think if you're a listener to this podcast, is going to be 61. So tune into that. I will. Uh, is I that will Barry Pepper? It. Yes, that is Barry Pepper and Thomas Jane. That's a movie <laughs> I'm a huge fan of, actually. I haven't seen that since I was like 10, but. Um, I think I think you would really like it among it, uh, it'll be in- interesting to I'll I'll be interested to see your review see if it holds up all right Kyle um well I'm a big P.T. Anderson guy and okay. uh you gave the master three stars in in my opinion that's a five-star movie dude so I the master is something that I circled the wagons on for a long time I was like, God, I just, I need to, I need to see the master. It's like, it's kind of like the show Friday nights. It's just this big pop culture, black hole. Like there will be blood. Incredible Mm. movie. Boogie nights. Incredible movie. Hard eight. Incredible movie. Like I just didn't like, and I went into, I think it might've also, I went into the master with just sky high expectations and like the Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman performances are, are, incredible they're both really good but i i finished that movie and i i don't know i feel like i was like compared to how i felt when i was done watching there will be blood it just wasn't comparable to me all right all right but for comparison's sake you gave rundown starring sean william scott (laughs) and the rock three and a half stars so how how do you how do you that's, parse uh, that? That's tough to justify. Oh <laughs> man, you, you really you really backed me into a corner there. Uh, so that that's actually one that rewatched for this for this uh, for this pod. You know how we're John we're we're children of a certain age to where you remember going to sleep at night with a DVD on and waking up with the, sure. the menu music blaring at like yep, three o'clock that in the was, morning. That was a random Seinfeld disc for me. Yeah. The, see, for me, uh, it was the rundown. I watched okay. the rundown all the time. And like in retrospect, is the rundown a better movie than the master? No, you know, mistakes were made. Uh, part, <laughs> I think part of the great the great thing about this episode is maybe we can reevaluate some faults. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> l- listen, nostalgia plays a factor in in everything. And another uh, going off of your DVD menus, um, I would say the greatest DVD menu. I've ever encountered is the one for Snow Dogs, um, starring that Cuba, is the, uh, is, Cuba is, Gooding Jr. Oh, uh, what is Paul Walker was in one? I think it was Eight Below. R.I.P. Uh, yep. I can say I've not seen uh, I've not seen Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs is not a good movie, but um, for for whatever reason, we owned it at my house. I think it was in one of those like bins at a rental video place. Um, but they had a really fun, like interactive menu with games that you could play. So oh, that's like, next level. Yeah. So like in my mom's car in the van, sorry, not a, a car, uh, in my mom's van, we had a TV in the back and we could play, um, the shitty, like interactive games when we were going somewhere, if we got really bored. Yeah. I mean, that's fire. That That's a nice yep. touch. Shout yep. out. Jenna and then Hickey. that's a nice touch. It, exactly. I love those TikToks. I, I'm um, a huge fan of Jairus. To everyone go follow That's a Nice Touch on TikTok or Instagram. I think he's on Instagram too. Yeah, toss that a follow. And then also, um, if you're into interactive DVD menu games, uh, Harry Potter, every Harry Potter movie has a really good 
um, like a expansive game list on on their DVDs. That's that is huge. That's good to know. I got I have the Sorcerer Stone DVD around somewhere. It might be at my parents' house, but yeah. And all you need is the DVD clicker to play. Man, what a time! What a time to be alive. DVD menus. Are you a clicker what? or a remote? What What do you? What do you oh, I am. I am remote. I am. I have always been a remote okay. guy. A real uh, traditionalist. Yeah, I'm. I'm very pretentious when it comes to. Although, I wouldn't. I feel I wouldn't like clicker might be the pretentious. Is clicker, clicker the pretentious thing? How is clicker pretentious? I don't know, but it's remote is is standard. So what's the um? What remote, would be the pretentious? Remote way to, is. I I would say clicker is like the most casual. Remote is just a little too, uh, you know, buttoned up. Yeah. I don't know. It's always just always been the remote for me. I think it's there's really only two names. It's remote or clicker, right? Yeah, or or uh, pass me that thing. <laughs> if you're at if you're at your grandpa's house. <laughs> well, that just sounds dirty. Kyle. That does. That does. Yeah. Okay. So pass okay. me that well, thing. Pass me that thing. I mean, you sound just like my my Kentucky born grandfather. Them things be thanging. <laughs> All right. So John, this is what I've got for you. Um, okay. And so this is a movie that I have actually rated five stars and you rated two stars. Okay. This will be good. This is into the spider verse, the animated, uh, Spider-Man movie. There's no way I rated that. You rated that two stars. I rated it two stars, but I didn't review it. Is that what you're saying? You did not review it. No, you rated it two stars. And John, I'm here to tell you that is an ex- that is probably the best Spider-Man movie since uh, since Spider-Man Two. And I will I will say with the caveat that I have not dialed into the Tom Holland movies very well, much. Kyle, here's the the problem with your premise. Um, you forgot to factor in that I am a Tobey Maguire. Um, Die Hard. So wait, so you did this for Toby? Yes, this was all for Toby. I see. The thing is, like, you're you're standing here for Toby, and I don't know what has Toby done for you lately. The Nothing. best thing that Toby Nothing. McGuire he doesn't need has... to do anything. Toby <laughs> McGuire, the, they they had songs from Nickelback and Creed as their main like like end of movie songs. How do you not just like love that? I'm not, see, I'm not loving this movie, loving Into the Spider-Verse for me is not, is not, it's not mutually exclusive with, with Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is beautiful. Spider-Man 3 is really bad. Um, I, I think people need to remember that. But Spider-Man 2 is an excellent movie. I think at the time it was probably the best superhero movie ever. Spider-Man 2 the is the one with the, the octopus. Yes, Doc Ock. That movie is okay. fine. Well, I... I I would I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's fire. Like Spider Man One was phenomenal. One of the yeah. one of the first movies I I remember seeing in theaters. Like I actually have a vivid memory of who I saw it with, where I saw it. Et and they say that a hero can save us. Shout out Nickelback. Yeah. Somehow uh, Nickelback has has Willem lasted Defoe. a little longer than Tobey Maguire. Well, I they're around as a punchline. I think right. Yeah, but I mean, I would take that kind of relevancy. If this pod just so, turned into like a walking meme, I would take it. I didn't, I didn't mean to like disparage uh, the Spider Verse because I think, um, in terms of like representation, it's it's very important what what they're doing um, with Miles Morales. And 
so the the rating was more so um, me just standing up for the original Tobey Maguire movies. All right, so John, the the next the next thing I want to bring up for you is a movie that I rated four stars. You rated two stars. It's hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. Okay, we we got to go back to Spider Man real quick. Okay, let's go back to Spider Man. So, um, what I was saying before we got cut off was, I. I totally understand Miles Morales is an important, um, you know, evolution of the character. I was more so just, I, I, I have to hold Tobey Maguire down. I have to just let people know that he, he bridged this. He built the bridge. Just riding for your man, Tobes. Yeah. And then Andrew Garfield, like, what a, an afterthought. I was so out on those movies that I never I thought they I've were never really, seen really a bad. single one of them. I, I watched the first one. I thought it was really, really bad. I did not watch the second one. What has he done other than the social network? So he did um I think he so he did Heartbreak Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge, yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. And then he did that Martin Scorsese movie that's real oh. long. I I've always wanted to watch that. And I same, I, and I haven't. But I, I heard he got like really into that. Is it? Um, it's not purity. It, it's, some, it's it's something like that though. It's about yeah. two priests on a mission in somewhere in in Asia. I thought it was Brazil. I don't know. Um, it, regardless, like yeah, I, I really see. I've always Silence. really liked it. Silence. Silence. Yeah, I've always really liked Andrew Garfield. But yeah, it's been a it's been a hot. Don't minute you since love? Don't you love when you're on a podcast and um, the two people or three people or whatever it is they're talking and, and they can't figure out the name of something? And you can hear everyone like silently Googling in the background, like trying to figure out what it is. That, that What a beautiful medium just, podcasting is. It's just so funny to me. <laughs> I, I, I love that about podcasting because it happens almost every episode, in my case at least. No, oh, same. Same, especially with, like with this talking movie. So, John, I want to get into the second movie. Yeah, I have. Right. Um, so, I gave this four stars. You gave it two stars. A little movie called Jojo Rabbit. Oh God, I love Jojo Rabbit. And Taiki Taika Watiti. Um, I just, I, I know this was critically acclaimed. I just couldn't get into it for what? I, like I watched. Um, where the wild? What is the where the, the wild one? things are? No, not that movie, but it's like that movie about the kid, the troublemaker in New Zealand that goes to live with the old people. Oh, um, oh, uh, we're doing that thing again. Yeah, yeah, we are. It's um, damn, hunt for the wilder people. Yeah, see that that one is off my radar. I have not seen that. the the only The other Taika Waititi movie that stands out to me is Thor Ragnarok, which like I'm not super into Marvel, but I I love that movie. Yeah, so I I'm not either. But the thing with Jojo Rabbit was I just couldn't get into like the camp aspect and like satirizing Hitler. Um, I think that was the big hang up that a lot of. The dissenters of Jojo Rabbit, I think that was the big hang-up they had, was was that was getting over that aspect. So I, I can respect that at least. I just, I've really, really enjoyed it. I also um, am notorious for just watching like really, um, 
you know, depressing movies. So if if we're watching something about uh, a awful human being like that, I prefer them to be really really sad. I will say I picked up that's kind of what I picked up from your your letterbox. You you skew much higher on movies that make you sad. Well, I like dramas, I guess. Um I don't know. I just feel like if I'm going to take the time to watch like something that is really critically acclaimed and has been reviewed highly and that I've never like I want to just I want to make sure it's worth my time. And usually it just so happens that most of those movies are a little slow and uh, almost always kind of depressing. Yeah. See, you and my wife are kind of the opposite because like while my so, for instance, we watched Chinatown recently, which is a wonderful movie, but a depressing ending like the yeah, not to spoil you know, nearly 50 year old Chinatown, but, um, you, you don't (laughs) feel, you don't feel really good at the end of that movie. Like that can ruin a movie for her, which like I respect, but like, cause you don't, you know, you, you watch the end of Chinatown you're like, Oh my God. And yeah, it's, it's tough, but like, it's an excellent movie. So you're kind of on, on that though, that where that doesn't ruin the movie for you, it just kind of, you kind of just eat that shit up. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, I respect it. I, I really respect that. That's that's actually the only Roman Polanski movie I've seen, I think, is Chinatown. I've seen um the the pianist which is oh. which is very it's probably it's yeah, I mean it's with, more depressing uh, than Chinatown. That's Adrian Brody's like breakout movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he won it. Yeah, he won his Oscar for that. That's a movie. That's one that I thought was really good and I'll never ever watch it again. Yeah, um I might have to check that out, actually. But I would, I would, knowing what you like, yeah, I think you probably should. So I, I'm gonna bring up. Forgive me for bringing this one up because it's like one of your most your more recent reviews. Okay, I swear it's not a cop out though because I've been watching um, a lot of F1 Drive to Survive lately. Yes, I just finished season two like today. Um, is your your five star review for Senna, and that one is flame. Really, I loved it. I oh, loved oh, Senna. I thought I thought you were saying that's something you disagree with. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Senna I, is one I, of I meant is, like fire. I, I like so good. Yeah, Senna is. I really think it's the best sports documentary of I've, I've ever seen. Have you also seen Maradona, the other sports documentary he did? I did. I I have seen that. Um, that's pretty depressing you know just the addiction aspect of, yeah it's of, it's of maradona's life but um really you think senna is the best sports doc ever it's for me it's certainly i i, I will say it's easily mount rushmore for me i think okay. yeah i gotta go with oj oh i mean that's like it's that's almost like a different level though because i mean that, that's 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 a long enough to be its own mount rushmore it it that is the greatest sports doc I've ever seen. I think it's so damn good. That and like the Last Dance are are, uh, are kind of uh, they're like their own kind of thing. Like the extended an, series. I put an asterisk next to the Last Dance because Jordan had final uh, like 
cutting power over what got in and what didn't. Well, that's like a lot of those sports stocks. Like you notice, like you watch, like I really like the Fab Five one, but it's very obvious that Jalen Rose was yeah. was spearheading that thing. An executive producer. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um. All right. Well, let's go with. I'm scrolling right now. I mean, you're you're kind of the same way as me, Kyle. Like, yeah, you, I, I actually I struggle doing this exercise a lot more. I thought we'd be able to bicker more, and there's really there's not a whole lot there. No, I I love that you love that thing you do. It's I don't the think best. We, I don't it's, think we've talked about this, but um, that's that's one of my favorite movies ever, and it's 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 kind of sad at the end that they break up, but it's also like Tom Hanks in a semi evil role. I watched the scene where they first hear their song on the radio. I watch that on YouTube at least once a month. <laughs> I might do that when we're done on done recording the podcast. It's one of my it's one of the happiest scenes ever. Like if I just need to feel happy, I'll watch that. I love Liv Tyler. She's great. She's great. It's probably my favorite Liv Tyler. Better than Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I'm seeing um Days of Thunder. I know we were just talking about like racing, but I might have to, I've never seen that movie. I might have to check that out. So I watched it. I was a first time watcher for the pod and I don't have a good NASCAR background. My guest was Ryan McGee from ESPN. who was fucking awesome. I highly encourage anyone who's seen that movie, go check out that episode. Um, the, what's cool about that movie is the racing action is awesome and it's very seated in like NASCAR lore. Like they just took a ton of NASCAR legend and hearsay and, and true fact and kind of turn it all into this like very cocaine fueled movie. Cause everyone making the movie, like the, the, Hell yeah. the producers behind it. it was like Bruckheimer and his partner that were just coked out of their minds. Bruckheimer um, loves a, a slow-mo action scene. Yeah. He? You would actually, you would actually probably really appreciate days of thunder. John, I have a movie I need to ask you. I'm just surprised that you don't like it more. Okay. Knives Out. I feel like the aesthetic of Knives Out. And I I did love the aesthetic. I loved uh, uh, the sweater that What's-His-Face was wearing, the, the cable knit sweater. The Chris, the Chris Evans. So that's, that's actually as soon as I saw that you only gave Knives Out three stars, I was like, but the Chris Evans sweater, I figured that was good for at least four. Yeah, I I'll give the sweater four, but I'm sticking with the the three star rating. I just like I I didn't love um, Bonds. What fuck? What's uh what what's what's the actor's oh, name? Oh, uh, Daniel Craig is Benoit Blanc. That's my favorite part of the movie, dude. I I hated that accent. It just didn't sound natural. So I know I know seen, he's um, English. I've have seen, you seen Logan Lucky? I've seen Logan Lucky. I feel like no one is having more fun acting in a movie than Daniel Craig and Knives Out and Logan Lucky. I'm also a Soderbergh stan. Like, anything that he makes, I'm watching it immediately. Like, Contagion was so genius and ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, clearly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for for Knives Out, I just... I don't know. I maybe I don't like who done it. I just thought the the payoff at the end was not all that satisfying for it to just be um you know an accident like that. I was I was hoping for something more sinister. I will I will actually I will agree with that. It 
I don't want to say I was let down, but yeah, I was hoping for but something it's never... a little more. I was also just hoping for it. I I don't know what the the condition on spoiler alerting a movie that came out like two years you, ago you, is, but like you don't have to spoiler alert that. Yeah, There's, I, I was on. hoping. I was honestly, I was just hoping it wasn't the person it was, just because I I was such a fan of of that person. Well, and then they the the other thing was they they turned the audience so far against Chris Evans that immediately i was like well there's no way he did it mm-hmm. yeah it's uh i don't know i just i really enjoyed uh it was it, it was a fun movie though and 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 three star a three star rating is not a bad rating as we've discussed it's, yeah it's it's quality it's just i'm just surprised that you weren't more in on it but i want to pay i i want to i want to appreciate two of your ratings because I don't want to say I judge people based on how they feel about these movies, but like I will say, I think less of people who don't love these movies is you okay. gave five stars to Drive and Ex Machina. <laughs> I feel like Drive, like those two movies came out in the same year, and like any any fan of movies, like I I don't know, like that's kind of when I started really getting into movies was when those two came out. Drive is a movie that after I watch it, I listen to the soundtrack for the next week. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. The the Scorpion Coat probably hasn't aged well. Um, same I don't know. Thing. I could see you. I could see you pulling a Scorpion Coat oh, off, no. like if you wanted to just get a get a random fit off, but like no. wear it with like high socks and Birkenstocks or something. I, <laughs> I appreciate that, but absolutely not. And then X X Machina. Um, Oscar Isaac, the beginning of like his superstardom, right before he did, um, what's the movie he did with the redhead? A it's most not, beautiful, a most violent year. Yeah, which I noticed he also like. I think Inside Lewin Davis was when he was when yes. he really took off. But I mean, he's also in Drive. Drive was the first time I'd seen Oscar Isaac, and Ex Machina was the second time I'd seen Oscar Isaac. So the I you're right. I forgot he is the ex con in drive. He is he's in there he's in there for about five minutes. Makes the ill fated pawn shop robbery. The the best scene, I was just talking about this last Saturday. Um the best scene in Ex Machina is when he's dancing to that disco song <laughs> with the robot. Yeah. <laughs> that that that's a YouTube clip that I'll just put on when I'm feeling awful. Oh, if that's on YouTube, I'm going to throw it in this episode right now. I told you you're wasting your time talking to her. However, you would not be wasting your time if you were dancing with her. Go ahead, dance with her. Dance with her. No? You don't like dancing? She does. Come on, buddy. After a long day of Turing test, you gotta unwind. What were you doing with Ava? What? You tore up her picture. I'm gonna tear up the fucking dance floor, dude. Check it out. Oh, it's so good. Um, and if we're, you know, sucking each other's dicks over, um, movie reviews, I've got to give you one for Michael Clayton. Oh, I love Michael Clayton. God, so good. It's, it's such a dude's rock movie. It's one that 
I don't want to say it's like underrated. I just feel like I just feel like it's not talked about enough. And when I say that, I'm like, when when would you talk about Michael Clayton in casual conversation? Like, not at not at hipster coffee I, shops talking about Michael Clayton. But it's just very very good. You couldn't. It'd be really tough to wedge uh, Clayton into a conversation at like a a party. Yeah, there's not much that happens in that movie that's that's relatable. It's not it's not yeah, if you're at a party, it's not like you see something and you're like, "Oh, that reminds me of uh of the the part in Michael Clayton when uh when his car blows up." Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Uh, I think that was Clooney's first or it might have been his second cuz he did Good Night and Good Luck as well. Um highly recommend that if you haven't seen it. But, Big Michael Clayton uh, guy. I have a question about. Um, you gave me a a kind of a hype, not a hypothetical, but like a. You, you know, you told me I rated the rundown three and a half stars, but only gave yeah. the master three stars. Okay. So this, these are movies that are very closely related. You gave Inception three stars, but Interstellar four stars. I'm very okay. interested so, by that. All right. Well, now we're just nitpicking, Kyle. I I am nitpicking, but I always look at it. For me, Inception is clear. I I clearly prefer one one over the other. I guess I just prefer to get confused in space rather than getting confused um, in different dimensions or dreamscapes. That's fair. I, I Inception to me also like probably my favorite movie theater experience of all time just does Hans Zimmer scores just hit different in a movie theater is, the, is he your favorite bang. composer I mean so a big caveat and I am not uh I'm not well I don't have like a list of 20 that I'm like oh but this person this person this person sure. um of the people I know, like I will say the Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, I don't think they've ever Whew. like they they're just I mean, the last they've just taken over the last decade, like social network on everything they've done has been good. They were nominated. They're nominated for two Oscars this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, or not not two Oscars, but they're nominated for two movies in the same category. Uh, Trent Nez- Reznor of of Nine Inch Nails really just found like a second career in in movie scoring. I mean, and it's stunning how good he is at it. And like, it's not like his scores don't sit on the sidelines either. Like you think about the social network, like how much the score paces that movie, how good it is. Like it's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. I, so I was so disappointed in Fincher for throwing out Mank. And I know he's probably going to win a million awards for it, but Mank has actually got not, uh, not getting a lot of the uh nominations no it's getting the nominations it's not getting the um he hasn't been winning a lot for it like it looks like it's gonna get it might get shut out i i didn't even finish it see i did i thought the second half of mank was a lot better than the first half of mank but i also haven't finished citizen kane see i watched citizen kane in college and i definitely didn't appreciate it in that regard but i'm not 100 percent sure i would love it now yeah i it it's just uh it's so old you know john can we just run through real quick the movies that he has scored since the social network that he has been the composer on sure social i've got a i've got a i've got a guess he's done every fincher movie since then i believe so because he's done dragon he did girl with the dragon tattoo and then he did gone girl 
Okay. And then <laughs> this one is kind of he did Patriots Day, which is the, uh, the oh. Mark Wahlberg way too soon Boston bombing movie, which is you know what I actually watched that one. Not that bad. That's how I feel also about Deepwater Horizon, the uh, <laughs> the way too soon oil rig explosion movie, which I'm ashamed. I've watched it like three times. When you just need a mindless like action movie, Mark Wahlberg will get you there. I just, I mean, I just got to see him escaping from that flaming oil rig. Let's do it. Um, oh man, he did Soul. <laughs> he did, yeah. So he's nominated this year for Soul and Mank. And then uh, he also did nine episodes of Watchmen. I think that's that's the entire. Did you watch the the TV show Watchmen? I did. Yeah, I loved. I it. loved it. Loved it. Oh, he did mid nineties. I don't know if you've seen mid nineties, but I love mid nineties. I've I've also seen that. I another one that Lucas Hedges was in. Yes, and he is a he's a he's got some. He's a prick, there. dude. Uh, Trent Reznor did Ken Burns's The Vietnam War. Man, oh he, yeah! What a savant! Like he is in on everything. I wish you could rate. I don't know if you can rate uh, Ken Burns films on on Letterbox, but I'm if say, you can, I'm gonna say I bet you can. Because I feel if, like you can rate almost everything on Letterbox. If you haven't seen the Hemingway one, just get it. That's that's just drop dropped, right? drop what you're doing. Yeah, it did, and it's free. It's free to watch. Yeah, uh, I will let you know. You can rate all of Ken Burns' stuff. So I'll be when we're done with this, I'll be going to get baseball, the Civil War, uh, dude. Baseball. I've I've tried buying baseball online. It's like five hundred dollars. My dad has that uh, recorded on VHS. You remember how he used to uh, have to even better record VHS? Yeah, he's got he's got that. So we've got that kind of action. That's um, if if you have a working VHS player. Absolutely, man. Ken Burns, what a special. Could you still could you still buy a VHS player like new on Amazon? Do you think? I don't think. I know you can get them on eBay because I when um I have a uh, I have a seven year old as as most listeners of podcast know. And when um before Disney Plus, like we have, you know, at my parents' house, you have like the classic. Everyone's got the old big box of all the Disney movies, you know, on VHS. Yeah, of course. With and, the the weirdly like padded um, VHS case, yes, yeah, the one that are, you know like how, the size of a large book. Yeah, they they. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, no, the um the 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 go tos were just like the thin cardboard ones that you get when you bought a, a VHS used from Blockbuster. That was oh the yes, move. that was yes. that was absolutely the move. Um, but I I was trying to buy I was basically I was looking for a VHS because I, I you know I want to re-experience all these these movies with my kid and all the um, you could I was trying to find like the last vestige of the dual VHS DVD TVs you know it was before flat screens obviously but it was or like you know thin it was before thin TVs but it was like still a quality TV, but it had a, v- a dual VHS DVD player, and I couldn't really find one, but someone in my neighborhood was selling a massive box TV with a VHS player in it, and I was like, okay, let's let's take this. And like the quality was super shitty, but got to re-experience those Disney movies, but then Disney Plus came out and just changed the game. Parents don't need VHS player anymore. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about streaming is you never own it, you know? Yeah, that I mean, that is... That is the the tough part. Um, I mean, you can you can buy movies off Amazon, but I will say I miss and my wife will kill me if she listens to this because 
I, I had to put up a fight to keep all my DVDs when we moved, and uh, we have two boxes that haven't been unpacked yet, and it is uh, my two boxes of DVDs. Are you a like Criterion Channel person? So I have not dove into the Criterion Channel. I feel like that's like um, that's like final boss level of Letterbox. It, it you're absolutely right, and it's also like peak pretension. Yeah, I like, listen. One of my favorite podcasts, The Big Picture, uh, brought to you by The Ringer. They they always talk about the Criterion Collection. I'm like, I'm not sure I'm there yet. Well, it's like, I, I are you into like Bong Joon Ho? I do like Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, like I liked I liked I mean, Parasite. That's, that's I like Snowpiercer. That's not the only person that they'll put on there, but like they'll just they'll put on a lot of obscure um, quote unquote films. Uh, classics that aren't necessarily in the English language. See, I'm I'm just and not sure I'm there yet. You're you're not getting into foreign film yet. I'm not I'm not into foreign film. Yet. I like I think like par- I guess Parasite is the you know, but Parasite was huge over here. I, I'm trying to think of straight up foreign films like all subtitles besides Parasite that I have watched any bit recently and loved and I nothing is coming to mind the next frontier for me on letterbox is probably to get into one choose one language and watch some movies from that language like do uh get really into like French French noir yeah do, yeah do like Jean-Luc Godard or, um I don't know somebody from South Korea like like Bong Joon-ho I think for me it's getting into movies from like the fifties or the sixties, like really diving into that, to that decade and like, like getting a sense of where we've come from in that regard in movies, which that's probably the most pretentious thing I think I've ever said on this podcast. Those are are hard movies to watch though. I feel like some are. So I I was, this movie isn't, isn't quite as old as that, but I was going to ask you one of the, one of the things that I have not got to on my notes was why only four stars for all the president's men? Is it because of like the, the seventies of it all? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Cause I really like Robert Redford. Um, a lot of moms in, a have told me I, I look like Robert Redford, which is a huge compliment. That's quite the compliment. I am a huge fan of smoking and elevators, which that movie also well, brings. So. Smoking indoors anywhere is always yes. Yeah, one thing me. you and I are both huge fans of is cigarettes. Uh, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's um, that's a <laughs> All the President's Men is probably like a Mount Rushmore cigarette movie. <laughs> In a former life, of course, I don't. Yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes yeah, anymore. Same. I. I. I do not. I. I don't dare dabble. But um, no. No. <laughs> Dustin. Dustin Hoffman I'll, is a heater smoking legend in that movie. He is. Um, I. I couldn't tell you why I didn't give that a five star rating. It because it probably should be. Um, I try to reserve the five stars for stuff that I am like really obsessed with. See, that's a movie and like I, that for me though. I love a good newspaper or journalism movie though, because I, for like five minutes after I'm like, fuck, I could have been a reporter. And then I think about how much work that is and how talented you have to be. And I'm like, no, nah, I probably couldn't have, but it'd be fun. Like also spotlight. The, I love spotlight. Oh, spotlight's phenomenal. Um, but the newspaper industry is dying, Kyle. Yeah. It, um, it, it, it depends. Uh, but but yeah, it's we're we're shifting online. There's no more. You're not smoking cigarettes in the newsroom anymore. 
it's just a lot of, a lot of virtual. No, there's there's no SIGs allowed, and also you got to put everything behind a paywall, anyways. So whatever. Yeah, it's um we're we're all shifting online, but that I mean that's another reason I love revisiting movies like Spotlight and uh like uh, Zodiac. Zodiac's actually a good newspaper oh, movie for the first half of it. Zodi- Zodiac is uh I mean phenomenal. Are you kidding? It's it's great. I'm I'm a huge Zodiac fan. Have you seen um? I just wanted to touch on one more movie. Yeah, before we yeah, go. T- yeah. Touch uh, on it. Touch on it. Uh, another round with uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, so that's that has come out recently, right? Like that's that's hot right now. Yeah, it, this is a 2020 movie. Um, I'm not sure if it's gotten any nominations for Oscars this year, but um, if if you take away one thing from this episode, anyone that's listening, I that is the movie I would recommend to go and watch like tonight you're literally doing uh, my job for me because i was going to ask you i was going to say john before we go i need you to give the listeners something that's streaming right now to watch and that is on hulu and i have it i have stared at it a few times and like should i dive in it is so like it it's a mixture of of comedy and just um really just extreme extreme depression um and Mads Mikkelsen is fantastic in it. What is you comedy if re- not extreme depression? Exactly. You will have to read subtitles. It's a Danish film. Um, <laughs> excuse me for calling it a film. But um, <laughs> that that is my favorite movie of 2020. That's a sign that we've been talking about Letterboxd too, much, too long. You, uh, you called something film. John, this was fun. We talked for about an hour. I didn't really know how this was going to go, but... At some point, let's let's log a few more movies on Letterbox. I'll start writing reviews. Let's bring this Absolutely, back. Absolutely, man. Talk about some stuff we watched. Tell the folks again where they can follow you and uh, and what's coming up next for Internet Party. Sure. sure. Uh, you can follow Internet Party at uh, I-N-T-R-N-T-P-R-T-Y uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, if if you follow one of those, you can you can find my my ads as well. Um, but yeah, we, we do a podcast once a week and I also do a Substack every uh, Saturday that is pretty mundane. But if, if you want to read that, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, John, this was a real treat. I'm glad you returned to the show. Let's not wait, a, you know, 130 episodes to do this again. No, let's let's um let's absolutely get a, a sports movie on the books soon. Let's 100. We'll we'll do something real soon. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe, rate, review. You folks know the drill. Also, for any baseball fans out there, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm that's presented by Baseball America. Comes at you every two weeks. This month have a former. Pirates pitcher and former LSU punter, NFL draft hopeful Zach Von Rosenberg on the pod, Eric Sim, the king of Juco on the pod. A lot of great stuff there. So uh, for Big Screen Sports, we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening. All right, dude, that was a lot of fun. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.